We wanted to do a finance update this morning. And so I'm gonna go through this pretty quickly, but just know, and Ryan's gonna help me too, Ryan Plache, just know that if you have questions about this, you're welcome to ask. We'll show you any of our finances you wanna look at. Um, so if after we get done here, you, you need more, then just let us know and we'll be happy to, to meet with you about that. Okay, so the first slide. Um, this is our financial update for February 2023. We did one last year about the same time. Next. And so the first thing we wanted to do is say thank you. Um, thank you for responding to our staff changes. When we met, la when we talked about this last time, we were in the middle of Brad and I had been on staff and Brad had gone off staff and Josh had come on staff and then we had Garrett come on for a year and then Garrett went off staff and now we have me and Josh and then part-time we have Ronnie and Ronnie is being spread throughout all of the family of churches so like he doesn't belong exclusively to us but we do have access to him. And then secondly, for responding so quickly to the giving request that we had. So we needed to make up a deficit last year. You guys responded super quick and we were able to correct that deficit. And then we also had asked you to give for our daily bread to provide meals for them while they were transitioning um, facilities. You guys responded to that and we were actually able to provide two meals for them. And so we just really appreciate you looking, listening, praying, and then responding as quickly as you do to those requests. So what are we talking about when we talk about giving? Next slide. So we're talking about what ways we need to sustain and increase making and maturing disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus and being a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. Those are our filters for how we spend money here at Denton North Church. And anything that doesn't feed into that mission and those values is not something that we're going to be spending money on or asking you to give money to. They should all point back to those in some way. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about giving. So here's our monthly budget. Um, our total monthly budget is $8,825. Our salaries are $5,400. So my salary is $2,500. Josh's is 2,400, and then we give Ronnie a stipend of 500, and like I said, all the rest of the family of churches are also giving to that. Um, one of the things I do wanna make uh, clear on this slide is that currently I am actually receiving 3,000 and Josh is actually receiving 2,900 a month, and that is because when we did our finance presentation last year, John Von Runnen was here from the Wiley Northeast Church, and they support us both at 500 a month for a year. So that will actually end in July, but just so you know that's where that's coming from, it's not reflected on here because it's not coming out of our budget and because it's something temporary. Um, our rent here at the GDAC is 1800 a month, 
And then the 960 that you see there is for leadership development, programs, and materials. And so that's things like leadership development is we pay for half of the cohorts who do the pastoral cohort. So they have, um, it costs $900 a semester for someone to go through the pastoral cohort. And we pay 450 of that and the person going through pays 450 of that. And then there are other leadership development opportunities as well. That's just probably the biggest one. Um, for programs like our women's breakfast, our men's breakfast, any kind of all church get togethers, our lunches we have after church, um, any kind of things like that are gonna be events. We have insurance we have to have for the church. We have to buy communion stuff, coffee stuff. And then we have all of our things like planning center and sound team supplies and all the things that make church happen. So th that's what's all funneled into that thing right there. And then we have missions, which is 665 a month. And that is to support Kristen Harris on staff at Western Washington, although that may not be the school she's at. It may be a different one, but it's in that same area in that same ministry and to support Metro Auto. And this may be something you guys aren't aware of, but Metro Auto does a fundraiser every October. And we as a church, besides what you give during that fundraiser, we as a church give $3,000 to that every year as well. So that's figured in as a monthly gift through there. And then we also have our benevolence fund. So this kind of gives you an idea of what that looks like in percentages. So our salaries are 61%, rents 20%, programs and leadership development are 11%, and missions are 8%. So this next slide is trying to compare what our budget looks like to the national average. This is super hard to do because there's not a whole lot of really good information out there about this, but we've tried to do it the best we can because we think it's important to look at how do we compare to every other church and what things are good about that and what things do we need to improve about that. And so on the next two slides, um, what you're gonna see is some information like we have here and then we're going to have a slide that shows the differences and, and, what, and what that means. So if you look at Denton North Church, that's the pie chart I just read to you. This is the pie chart for the national average. And one notable thing is that if you look, this one is twice as big as ours. That means that the average church is bringing in twice as much money as we do. And that's not a bad thing, like that is, that's just for comparison, what the comparison there is. So when you're looking at that, our piece of pie is 20% for rent, and the national average is 23% for a building. That doesn't mean that if we added three more percent, we could own a building. <laughs> okay, so I want to make sure that you understand that. Um, and so you can see um, the different breakdown up here. If you can't see it, salaries are 47. The building is 23. Their programs are 18. Missions are 5%. And savings is 5%. And other is 2%. So that's the comparison with the national average. Next slide. 
And then this is the comparison on full-time minister salaries. Denton North Church, our average is $24.50 a month. The average for um, the U.S., and this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics in 2019, is $45.80 a month. Okay, so here are some of the notable differences. So the first one is we give a larger percentage towards staff salaries, and our staff spend a much larger percentage of their time doing relational ministry than most pastors. We want to prioritize ministers spending their time in relational ministry. Relational ministry includes both inside the Denton North Church, it includes our family of churches, and it, it includes the community as well. So like just for one example, when Josh and I um, officiate a wedding or we officiate a funeral, we don't ever charge for that. So anybody from the community that calls and asks us to do that for them, um, we're able to provide that service to them because we believe that we are here to serve the community as well as our churches. And we're able to do that because you guys pay us a salary. And so we can do that without charging people for that. That's just one example. Um, hang on, I lost myself. Let's see. Okay, we pay lower salaries than the average church with none of our staff earning an average full-time salary. This is something we need to change to retain staff long-term and to be able to add new staff. Um, Ryan is going to talk about that a little bit more later, and, but that is one observation that when we look at that in comparison with other churches is not something that's necessarily a good thing or that we intended to happen. It just is what it is. And then the value that we're getting from Ronnie, having access to Ronnie, who's got over 50 years of ministry experience, has been super helpful for us. Um, he meets with Josh and I to do leadership development and strategic planning for our church. He has years of experience with hard situations when we need to call and get advice. And he does the ministry workshops, which you guys are starting to hear about. There's just a ton that we get from his experience and his love for our family of churches and for Jesus. Next slide. So we pay a lot less in building and program costs than the average church, and this is good, and it's on purpose. And so one of the things we want to let you guys know is that we are currently looking for a new space to meet um, we love meeting at the GDAC, and we love the people that uh, serve us here and let us use their space, but we need something that is kid-appropriate. And you can only look around and see this big monstrosity in the back of the room and know that every time a kid comes in here, they want to run straight for it, they want to touch it, they want to move the parts, um, and that's only one Part of it. So we need a space that is going to be more conducive for our kids. Um, and so if you guys are driving around town and you see something and you're like, oh, that looks like that might work really well. Or if you know something about one of the churches in town and you're like, oh, I think they might want to rent space. Let Josh or I know and we will jump on that and see what we can find out. But we're just starting to look into that and so we want you to know that. Most likely, 
we will never own a building. So some of you have been asking about that. To own a building and to upkeep a building is super expensive and is not something we have in the budget or really something that we care that much about. And because meeting like we do in a space like this leaves us flexible, mobile, it um, puts us out in different parts. Like we're right off the square here where people can see um, where we're meeting and stuff. And so um, our priority is more about being in the community and being flexible for where God wants to use us and move us. And then we don't currently have room to have a percentage devoted to savings. That's not good, and it doesn't help us replenish the emergency fund when we have to use it. Um, the emergency fund that we do have is because the other churches have given it to us. Otherwise, we, um, we, we would be in trouble without that emergency fund. But they have graciously given that to us, and so we have that. Next slide. Okay, so here are the two types of giving we currently have. We have 31 steady recurring gifts every week or month, month I should say, and we have nine non-recurring gifts per month on average. So those, that's the giving that we have right now. To the best of our ability, we can tell that we have about 45 households. So that kind of gives you um, how many people we're looking at from that 31 steady recurring gifts, and then all of our college students. So we have about 45 households and all of our college students to pull giving from. Next slide. And then our average monthly giving we have the offering at $71.50, benevolence at $365, which gives us a total of $7,515 in giving each month. Next slide. So if you remember that first slide, our budget is $8,825, so we have a shortfall of $1,310 each month. And there are two reasons for that shortfall, because some of you are thinking, okay, wait a minute, you said we had a shortfall last year and we took care of it. We did, but if you remember when we talked about it at that time, I told you that we had quite a few people that were giving a lot of money, and so if some of those people left, then that we took a bigger hit to the budget than we would in other areas, and we've been working to correct that. But we did have two families that left that felt like they were called somewhere else, which is great. We want people to be where God calls them. But the truth of the matter is when they leave and they're big givers, it's quite a hit to the budget. And that's what happened this last year. So it was nothing bad. They just felt like they needed to go where God was calling them. But it does affect the budget. And so that's how we got back to a shortfall again. The other one is that we have a significant number of people that aren't giving at all, and so that also plays into that. So just to let you know kind of what the two reasons for that are. And then one more slide. Okay, so our buffer, our emergency fund is currently $20,000, 
And with the current shortfall, if it stayed the same, we would deplete our emergency fund in about 18 months. Um, I'm going to step down and let Ryan come up and share, but before I do that, I want you to know we are not in a crisis situation. This is not a crisis situation. Josh and I are not worried. God has always taken care of us. He's always provided for us, and we have no reason to think he's going to stop doing that right now. However, I guess Josh and I must have been reading in the same place in Exodus this week. Um, When the people were building the tabernacle, it says, All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for the work of the Lord through Moses that he had commanded them to do. And then it continues, And the people continued bringing free will offerings morning after morning. And so the people were restrained from giving more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. The reason we're sharing this with you now is to give you the opportunity to participate. A free will offering. There is no guilting here. There is no pushing you to do anything. This is a, this is where we are. If this is what we believe God has called us to do, then how are we going to participate in this? That's all it is. And so um, I'm going to let Ryan come up and he's going to finish the presentation. Oh, sorry. Josh wanted me to tell you because I forgot that also $400 of that shortfall was our rent going up here at the GDAC. All right. Good morning. Um, I'm Ryan. I'm not a paid staff member, not paid at all by this church. And I feel like that is an important part of me being up here talking about this. Um, It means that I can press you and guilt you and say whatever, you know, Josh and Leslie don't feel comfortable saying I can say that stuff because um, I'm on your side of this equation, right? I'm not on the paid side of this equation. So Leslie gave us some really great information about like the state of our church right now. And I'm going to talk through how we should respond to that information. Um, I did want to say first that So I suggested to Josh and Leslie that we have a non-paid leader come up and do part of this talk. And I think the reasoning behind that is, I think it's really important that we as individuals in this church, not just participate, but really own the financial part of our church and take a lot of responsibility for that. And this is me doing that. And hopefully like trying to set the pace for us um, as givers, taking responsibility and really um, advocating for our church's finances and what we're doing. So before we look into the goals, I wanted to talk a little bit about the heart posture of how we respond to this and how we think about responding to what Leslie told us. So I want to look at the early church in Acts. I'm going to read Acts 4, 32 through 35. So it says... um, Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they held everything in common. With great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, 
and brought the proceeds to what was, of what was sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person as any had need. Now, I'm not going to, like, ask anyone to, like, sell their house or their land or their car or whatever. Like, that's not what I'm going to do. But I want to, like, look at the themes of what was happening here in this early church. And I see two, like, broad ideas that I think are really applicable to us. So there was loving generosity and there was mindful caring. And these two things were present and, like, working together to make sure that all the needs were taken care of in the church. And I think we can learn from these ideas. So this loving generosity, like, we see this example that they were sharing everything they had and, like, they were willing to sell what they had to make sure that the needy folks had what they needed. And I think we need to ask, like, what was driving this? Like, why were people acting with this radical generosity? And I think we get some clues in this language that all the believers were like together in heart and mind or of one heart and mind, and that God's grace was powerfully present among them. Um, I think they were all really on mission together, loving God and loving people, loving each other, and they were really taking seriously Jesus' command to love your neighbor as yourself. So some questions I was thinking about as I was you know, reading this um, that I think we should be thinking about as we're examining our heart. So am I on mission together with this community on the same mission that this community is on to love God and to love others? So that's like the, the foundation of where all our giving starts. And um, am I as generous to others as I am to myself? I think that is one of the practical workings out of Jesus saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Am I as generous with my possessions to other people as I am to myself? Wow. Yeah. So the other piece of this is mindful caring. So we read that like there were no needy persons, and then as things were sold, they were distributed to anyone who had need. So that like only works if people actually know what the needs are. Right? We can't uh, help other people with their needs if we don't know what those needs are. We don't acknowledge them in our heads and then see how what we have aligns with other people's needs. Um, so the question there is like, am I aware, am I as aware of my neighbor or my community's needs as I am of my own needs? And the information that was presented by Leslie gives us a really good picture of the needs of our church right now. Um, so we can't claim that we are ignorant of the shortfall or the, the current needs of our church so now we, think, we can think about how we go about addressing them. Um, yeah, so let's think about these goals with generous hearts and caring minds as we think about how we go about addressing them. So let's go to the next slide. Right, correcting the shortfall. Okay, so this is just like basic cost of doing business, um, cost of like, basically our church surviving. Um, I know Leslie said we have like 18 months of savings, but you know we should try not to use that up, right? right? We should try to preserve that or even grow that. Um, I think one way to think about this is that our church is a family. Like we have bills, we have a mortgage, we have things we have to pay for. And right now, you know, we're not able to pay the mortgage. We're not able to meet those bills. So we need to like band together and figure out how we're going to pay these bills. Um, as a family, we work together to cover what our needs are. 
So if we go to the next slide, we'll look at some ways that we can do that. Um, I didn't make this breakdown. I appreciate a lot that I think Josh or Leslie made this. I think it makes it really helpful to see things broken down this way. Instead of just saying like we need $1,300, instead we could say that, you know, if we had 22 new donors giving $50 a month, that would be enough that we could meet all of our bills. Or if everyone who's giving money now increases their giving by 19%, we would meet all of our bills. So as you think about um, your own finances and maybe what you give now, maybe what you would be able to give in the future, these are really good tangible numbers to keep in mind that hopefully aren't too scary. Um, and even, even the $50, like that is just something to shoot for. You know, don't feel like that's like what you have to be limited by in terms of like, oh, that's way too much for me. Or I could give a lot more, but maybe just $50 is all I need to give. This is just like an example breakdown to help us understand how we would meet this shortfall. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Yes, yeah, so this is like actually the main reason why um, I wanted a non-paid staff member to be a part of this presentation. So the idea of like having one of our paid staff advocate for more pay to me seems really weird. Um, like thinking like at my job, if I had to like advocate in front of the whole company, like, all right, this is why you should give me more money. Like this is, um, here's my salary, here's why I should get more. Like that seems kind of weird and awkward, probably because I have some insecurities about that like a lot of us do. But also I would want to know that my company is advocating for me, right? I want to know that my company values me and wants to take care of me. Right. And I think we as a community need to think about how we take care of our staff, how we advocate for our staff. Right. I think one of my visions for the, the whole family of churches, not just our church, is that we have a lot more, is that we would have a lot more unpaid leaders who are involved in church finances and really advocating for the pay of our staff and the benefits of our staff and taking care of our staff. Right. And this is a chance for us to start doing that, to really see how we can take better care of our staff and uh, yeah, meet that need. So to put this into perspective, um, with our current staff pay, ignoring what Leslie said about John and Wiley Church giving them more money, I didn't know about that, so not in my calculations. Um, with the numbers that we have and the hours that I estimated they work, which is about full time, so we pay them about 30000 a year, which um, is roughly the minimum wage that a lot of people are advocating we raise national minimum wage to, $15 an hour. Um, and this is like no insurance, no benefits, none of the things that would normally come with like a full-time job making $15 an hour. This is just $15 an hour. Um, there are some tax benefits that ministers get, but I doubt it really outweighs the like no insurance, no benefits, no retirement, like, now it definitely, uh, you know, maybe it helps a little bit, but it doesn't, like, get them there. Right. So, to some of you, that may sound, like, really good, like, if you're in college, you're like, yes, $15 an hour, that sounds great, but I think for us that are, like, in the workforce, um, getting a little older, watching our friends having families, maybe creating families of our own, I mean, it's easy to see how that is not a wage that could, like, sustain someone growing a family long term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's really the perspective we need to keep here is if we want this church to be around long term, if we want to expand the staff, if we want to keep staff around long term, we have to pay them a wage that will allow them to, you know, have a family, provide for their family, not be like just like starving all the time or not have to choose to be single and on staff because they cannot afford anything else. So with this pay bump, this will get our staff salaries up to like, I'm assuming it's distributed 50-50. I didn't ask them about that. That's the assumption that I'm making. That would get the salaries up to like 39,000 a year, which is getting closer to where someone could potentially provide for a family. Still coming from the workforce, that's like pretty low, um, knowing that there's no insurance, no benefits, no retirement included. So all that would be paid for directly out of that salary. Or if they're lucky enough to have spouses that provide those benefits, then they could get it that way. But for most of us that have jobs that pay this much, our company is paying extra to provide those benefits on top of our salary. It's not coming out of our salary. And I sell this not to like guilt you guys, but to put into perspective um, what we pay our ministers, how we take care of them, and hopefully to give you an idea of what we should be advocating in the future um, as we look at potentially raising this or at least meeting this and adding more staff in the future. Yeah. So kind of the, the summary of that is that we should be looking long-term at how do we sustain and keep around staff in a way that they can live um, comfortably, raise a family, and work for our churches long-term. So we, as people with jobs that aren't doing ministry, this is our responsibility. We decide whether we get to do this. Um, we decide as a church, individually and together, whether this happens. Josh and Leslie, they're gonna make it work with whatever money comes into our church, but me and you, we will decide what that money looks like and how it comes in. So let's go to the next slide. There should have been, sorry, there should be one more before this. Yes, this one. Okay, cool. So for each of these more like recurring ones, we're breaking it down again by new donors and recurring donors. But I want to point out that this adds on top of the first goal. So 32 new donors at $50 a month or current recurring donors giving an increase of 23% or some mixture of t the two. And the math there is that at this point, this would be 54 new donors at $50 a month if we just did new donors, or that's probably like current recurring donors increasing by like 30% um, if we just did that. Hopefully a mixture of both, like hopefully people that are already giving are thinking about how we can give more and folks that aren't giving right now or thinking about ways that you can give and you know support provide this value all right let's go to the next one cool so adding more staff so um, I'm sure y'all that have been around for at least a little bit have noticed that our church is like getting a little older right people are getting older um, kids are being born and they're getting older so our church is not only like widening in how many people go here, but we're also like diversifying in 
the different stages of life that are represented. And I think as that continues to happen, we're going to need more staff to really support people in those different stages of life, whether your parents, whether you're just married, whether you yeah, have kids, and then of course, single people, we don't wanna leave you out either, right? right? We don't want Josh and Leslie just to focus on the people that are married or parents, we wanna make sure our single folks are getting a lot of good support as well. And in order to do that, we will eventually need to add more staff. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like, whether that'll be one or multiple. I think they will probably decide you know, as the time comes and as we see different needs arise. Um, one thing I thought was funny is that this number is higher than the increased staff pay number for Josh or Leslie after we do the pay increase. So they must think that whoever we're adding is like, I don't know, should be paid more than them or something. But we should probably like, you know, adjust that a little bit. Probably this is actually two people, not just one person that's going to get paid more than them. Yeah, maybe one and a half. We'll see. We'll see. So if we go to the next slide, we'll see um, kind of what it takes to get there. Yeah, so this would be 35 new donors giving $100 a month. That's on top of the other two goals, or current recurring donors increased by 50%. That's on top of the other ones. And if you're keeping track of all the numbers, if we get new donors every time, that puts us at like 120 recurring donors, which I think is like more people than we actually have in our church, period. So what that means is that if we're going to like continue to grow in our generosity and our providing support and value for our community, that it has to be a combination of new donors and current donors increasingly uh, sacri sacrificing their, their resources to meet these needs. So I think as we press in as the church to these things, um, we will learn more and more of what it means to have everything in common and to, to share what we have with each other to meet these needs, not only for our staff, but also to allow our staff to meet these needs in our community. So by giving this money to raise up the, these staff members, we can provide value to our community that we as individuals can't do, right? Um, yeah, so we can go on to the next one. These next two should go pretty quick. Right, so we're gonna help, we want to help the Garland Church. Um, they recently did some pretty expensive renovations and we wanna give them a one-time gift of $2,000 to help pay for those renovations. I think most of you hopefully know, like we're part of this church network and the Garland Church is kind of like the parent church and we're like kind of one of the kid churches but really, this is like an opportunity for us to like grow up from like a kid church that was planted to a peer church that now can support someone in our family. Right. I think probably most of us have either been to like a wedding or an event or a meeting of some sort or attended the Garland Church at some point in time. Um, it's really blessed. I know me. I spent a number of years there before I came up here. And for a lot of people in our community, it's been a really big blessing. It's something that we can use for free as a resource, which is super cool. Yeah. So this is our chance to like kind of give back to the blessing that that church has been to us for so many years and will really continue to be for so many years. Yeah. And then we can go to the next one. Yeah, so this one is very exciting. Um, 
you know, it wasn't, it seems like it wasn't that long ago that the other churches were um, putting money together so that we could plant this church. And this is our opportunity to do that in the future for another church. So thinking about like growing up as a church, this is kind of like the next level, right? So we go from like the kids that were planted to the peers that are like supporting other people in our family. And now um, when looking at planting a church, we get to be like co-parents of another church with other churches in our network. Um, This is obviously a big number and we're not like thinking this is gonna happen like soon. But we want to put this in the minds and the hearts of the people of our church, knowing that we are a church planting church in a church planting network, and we want to keep that vision of planting churches in our minds and always be ready for that, putting money towards that. Um, Hopefully, you know, as we're giving money, we're also thinking individually, like, could I be a part of a church plant in the future? Uh, Maybe how I contribute to that isn't just with money, but also with my time, um, with where I live. There's a lot of different ways that we can think about that. Giving towards it, I think, is a way to start building that excitement and casting that vision. I think if we go to the next slide. So I think, yeah, so we're going to handle four and five through, like, special contributions. I don't know what exactly form that will look like. I'm sure Josh and Leslie will talk about that as it comes up, you know, one-time donations to slowly build towards those things. Um, Yeah, so that's all the goals. So I just wanted to invite you all, as you think about these goals, as you think about your finances, to think through them with this loving generosity and mindful caring, and really let that be your, like, heart and mind posture as you think about these things. Um, And follow up on this. Like, if you decide to give, do it. And then come back later and ask Josh and Leslie, maybe in like a month or two, like, hey, how did this go? Like, how are we doing with the shortfall? You know, really take some ownership of how we're doing and see if you can see our needs being met. And if they're not, ask yourself how you can contribute, whether it's yourself or talking to other people to meet those needs. And then I think Josh just walked out. But I think maybe one thing we could do is possibly share this presentation on Mighty Networks. Would that be okay, Leslie? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I know for me that would be helpful to be able to reference these numbers, and I imagine for the rest of you that would be helpful as well. Um, So we're going to spend some time praying about this, and I think Tate is going to come up and lead us, and then Donna's going to pray for us as well. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to pray. We're both going to spend some time praying about all of the things we've heard. So, Lord, um, we just thank you so much that you have just been so generous to us. You are faithful, and you are generous, and you are kind, and we just want to praise you for that. And, uh, Lord, I just ask that you would help us to have generous hearts in response to your generosity, and that you would just... um, Help us to search our hearts, to let your spirit search our hearts individually and, you know, repent of of any sin there that might be related to this and just be really willing and humble and and, uh, joyous givers, Lord, and just help us to see where where your kingdom is and how just giving and what we do with what you've given us really matters and how far that can go. And, um, yeah, Lord, I just ask that you would 
bless this church and that you would, um, yeah, just help us to be joyous, willing givers. God, we uh, thank you for your provision, for how you've provided for us to be here. Uh, thank you for allowing us to see the impact that our small church has had in this community. And we continue to trust that you will provide for us as we go forward. Uh, just help us to, to recognize that no matter how much we give, it's still going to benefit us. It's still going to benefit you. You're going to take it and you're going to make it something big. So for us in this room that feel like I can't do anything, anything, you can turn it into something way bigger than what we could ever imagine. You've done it and you will continue to do it. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the ability that you have to provide for us. And you, you, like you have now, we know you're going to provide for us in the future. You are, as, even as we speak, you're, you're providing a place for us where we can meet that will be kid-friendly. We don't know what it is. We know that you are working on that. And we thank you for that. And we know that you are just going to continue to work with us with what we have. And you will just allow that to grow in ways we could never comprehend. Because that's how good you are. And that's how grateful or gracious you are, I should say, uh, to us. Even though that we're not worthy of that. So, Father, as we go today, uh, just remind us that it's the little things that we can give and it's you that takes those things and turns them into something huge. Thanks for that. Uh, Father, just thanks for being with us. Thanks for being Reese with Reese and her appendectomy and her surgery and seeing her through safely. And Father, thanks for being with us this last week with the weather, uh, keeping us all safe. Uh, Father, we love you, and we just thank you for everything you provide us with. Pray all this through Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.